0: all right hello hello we are on the real bs podcast and i am so excited we have andrea McCullough on with us today Let's give her a huge welcome. She is an esthetician of 12 years, born and raised in Colorado with a studio in Denver. She's currently expanding and really throughout her career, she's always just tried to make like the next move, the better move or the best move. And she's just so thankful and I love her energy. And I'm so glad to be on here because she really services like women and helping in her community and things. So join me today. She's gonna share a little bit of her story. Andrea, thank you for coming on. Can you just like, Let's go right into it. Like, tell me about you. I know a little bit about you from being in Pretty Rich Bosses together and seeing you as a coach. And we really got to meet each other um, on the retreat. So I'm excited to hear more about your story. I got just a sneak peek when we were in California. So, you know, introduce yourself and tell us about you a little bit. Well, thank you so much for having me, Angel. It's a
1: pleasure. And I'm so excited to be here and share my story. Yeah, you know, I don't even know where to start, honestly, but I'm on this journey right now in my life. I'm going to be 32 in a couple of weeks, and I'm just on this journey that I want to continue to empower women, and I'm trying to find the best ways to do that because I feel like I have been one that has been shut down a lot throughout life and I think that a lot of that is like coming to surface right now and it and it's good you know it's it, their experiences and those experiences have made me who I am today so there's like no regrets or no like why did this happen to me but um yeah so I guess you know a lot of people always ask like Well, how did you get into aesthetics? How did you know you wanted to be an esthetician? Um, I knew that I wanted to be an esthetician while I was in high school. I didn't necessarily have like bad skin or anything, but I knew that I wanted to help people. And I had had a facial for, I think it was like my 15th or 16th birthday that my mom got me and I just like loved. The ambience of it all. I loved being in the spa and being pampered, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I could do this as a job, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, I just knew that college wasn't for me. Um, at the time, I think that, like, my sister, she's seven years older than me. She had, I think she was getting ready to graduate college. Or, yeah, I think she graduated college in 2005. So, it's not that that wasn't an option for me, I just didn't want to do it, but also my parents were going through a divorce, so I think there was part of me that was like, I don't want to like, put that burden on them, you know, and he, they told me all the time, like, hey, if you want to go to college, we can make it happen, but also too, I was just like, ah, yeah, I don't really want to sit in, you know, a classroom for <laughs> the next four years. Neither, that um,
0: Yeah, mm-hmm,
1: for sure. Yeah, so I and I was about like making money, like I just wanted to like mm-hmm. get you know as soon as I mean I remember being like nine years old with like the neighborhood school like the neighborhood kids and uh we would get like those gel pens and like draw tattoos and our notebooks and be like hey we'll tattoo this
0: side <laughs> with our gel pens for like five bucks. <laughs> I love it. You're like so. Oh.
1: so you know yeah like i've always just had that like hustler mentality or if it was like hey we'll like water your plants for you or we'll wash your car for you like i just always was like about making money um so yeah so fast forward you know i um high school ended and i was enrolled in aesthetics well actually i had gone to laser school first so laser cosmetic you know treatments and whatnot so i went to school for that in arizona just a month a little less than a month after i graduated high school and i was just taken aback by like what all could be done you know when in skincare, and you know this was right around this was in 2008 so medis spas were becoming real hot um you know my mom had had laser hair removal treatments throughout the years and she's actually the one that kind of sprouted the idea in my head. You know, I had told her, I was like, mom, I think I want to go to school for aesthetics. And she was like, yeah, you know, and she actually had gone to school for cosmetology right out of high school herself. And things kind of took a turn. She ended up getting a job as an optician and she's been an optician now for the last like 35 plus years. But, um, So she was supportive in that aspect of like, yeah, like whatever you want to do, you know, and she was like, and actually you should look into laser school. Like, I think the lady that does all my laser treatments, I think she's an esthetician. So I got to hand it to my mom for, (laughs) for giving me that idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think, um, so I'll share a story, you know, when I was 16 Actually, it was the day after my 16th birthday. I had gotten in trouble with another friend for shoplifting. Mm. And I think I kind of shared the story with you a little bit in California. But, um,
0: Mm
1: you know, at that point in time, you know, I'm I'm me. I'm a minority kid. Mm -hmm. My parents are going through a divorce. My dad's, you know, majority black mixed with different European background. My mom's majority Hispanic also mixed with European background. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't see why. Like, obviously, yes, they were very upset with me for what I had done, but the girl that I got in trouble with who was, like, my best friend throughout high school, you know, she was Caucasian. She was a white girl. And her dad was actually the head of like the fire department at the time and I found out you know this happened during the summer so we didn't see each other throughout the summer and I found out that she didn't get as much as in trouble I guess as I did um you know I had to go to court and I had to do community service I had to do like a theft class and I had to do this like Class with all these other girls who did like some really probably you know what I did was like minuscule compared to what they had done and just were well, you're being like around, I
0: know yeah I just like cheated on my test I did not okay <laughs> like, yeah you know like some of the, like the girls that were in here were
1: like like hardcore like I was like oh my god shit like this, this isn't my life you know this isn't what I want this is not what I intended, you know, and and I take full responsibility for what I did, but it's always like that kind of hanging out with the wrong crowd at the wrong time, you know, and um, so I learned a lot from that, and just being, having to go to court, it was like this teen court thing, but it was court nonetheless. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to be, you know, just seeing my parents having to, you just the disappointment, you know, like, I don't want this life. This isn't what I want. So I knew that, like, as soon as I graduate high school, I'm going to do my own thing and get out of here. So that kind of pushed me a little bit more. And just throughout my career, you know, I've experienced many times of kind of, like, feeling discriminated Mm -hmm. um, and... I think that now it's it's a blessing because I have my own business uh-huh. and people know who they're coming to. <laughs> There's no question. So yeah, it's it's been a lot, you know, these last yeah. 18 years.
0: I can imagine that. So on on the flip side, I would say I I understand what you're saying like um, I would have been that girl, in, in the person that would have gotten in trouble with you. Like, I would have been the one. My dad was in fire. This is so weird that you're saying this. My dad was a firefighter. He did know the police There's, um, I remember being outside the pizza place, and they picked up my drink and were like, what are you drinking? And it was literally non-alcoholic at the time. I was 16, but they sniffed it and kind of walked away, and I probably would have been like, just, you know, brushed off on the hand or called my dad. Um, and in what you're saying was never I you know I have gotten in trouble myself I mean you know some of my story I mean for me to be able to walk around with a license after three DUIs and a reckless off and not have a felony we'll just say what it is you know we know (laughs) I had some situations that were um they I had some advantages in um but I hope that things are changing now. Um, I never was actually super exposed to how different things were because my parents weren't like that. Like everything was, my parents, we weren't just exposed. Everybody was the same. You know, as far as I, I was concerned growing up um, until I got later in life. And actually my first um, and only business partner, uh, she was an African-American woman. Uh, and I, we were in a very high profile uh, part of town and i didn't i just like she was my partner so i didn't think anything of it and i remember one time a girl sat down to have a service and she sat down on my um, partner's table to get her lashes done and she turned to me and she goes oh are you the owner i'm with a client and doing lashes at this time and i looked up at her and i'm like i said we both are and she just looked at me and she's like oh am i I remember my business partner being like this is what I'm trying to tell you it's harder for me to establish myself in this city than it is for you even though she had the credit I had the background of what I had and it was like and I know that we can make um, anything of our circumstances I can walk in a room and somebody has the best credit in the world never had any type of experience in business but they'll give them the loan over me that's got a record and bad credit so I know that there's differences in that too I had never experienced the racial type of issue until I I was in business with her and she said she's so much harder and that guilty by association kind of thing and I you know to hear you talk about it now it's like Oh, you know, like, and, uh, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, um, one of my, I was telling one of my good friends, uh, some of my experiences throughout my career the other night, because we had actually, well, that's another story, but anyways, (laughs) so I was telling her about how I, had my first job as an esthetician. So I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and now I live in Denver. So kind of give you an idea, like south of Denver is Colorado Springs about an hour. And then about another hour south is Pueblo, Colorado. And so I actually had my first job in Pueblo, Colorado. I commuted every day, you know, an hour to and from when I was 19, mm-hmm. you know, through right before I turned 21. So I worked for... A fabulous doctor who to this day, I just have nothing but good things to say about her. But, um, you know, the majority of Pueblo, I would say, is Hispanic population. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, working down there, it was fine, you know, as far as dealing with clients and whatnot. But um, I, like, the first two weeks of working there, there was a gal who worked up the front, Mm -hmm. and her name was Shana, and she, I was we were sitting in the break room and I was eating my lunch and she was like you know asking me about different skincare treatments and whatnot and she had told me about her scarring that she had on her back and she was like you know can you do anything about scarring blah 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 and I said yeah you know like what kind of scarring is it and she was telling me and I said well, what happened so she had been hit by a drunk driver I think and actually like dragged. Like her body got dragged up a little bit yeah. and the drunk driver happened to be a black man and she I believe was from Texas but um, she <laughs> was telling me the story and she said and they had to take us on the flight for life both of them because I guess he got injured somewhere sure. along the way yeah. and uh, she said and I had to hear that N word hollering the whole time and I just was like like I'm eating my lunch and I was like like I just it it was a moment of like Uh, you kind of go like like you start hearing ringing in your ears like did that really just happen like am I here right now is this really happening right now and you know at the time I was like 19 first job you know working for a doctor and so I didn't say anything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she got up, left, went back to work and about a week later, maybe two weeks later, it wasn't long after she quit like out of nowhere and so it was we were a small group, and she said, uh she quit, and she just walked out, and I'm not sure what was happening or whatever, and our relationship was fine, you know, those couple weeks after, as far as like me going to schedule clients with her or whatever but I just kind of stayed clear, and so when she quit, um, we had one of the accountants, we had just a small little group, and she came, and she would always come in and talk to me in my office, and, you know, give me the tea. She was a gossiper, and she was Hispanic, you know, all of us were pretty much of that background, and the doctor that I worked for was a white lady, and um, Tiffany comes in, she's like, so Shayna quit, and I was like, oh yeah? She was like, yeah, just don't know where." so weird. And I said, wow, well, and I told her what happened. And Tiffany was like, shut up. She was like, she asked if you were black. And I was like, really? (laughs) And so then, you know, the news spread to the doctor and the doctor came in and she was like, Andrea, we do not tolerate that. I do not tolerate that. I wish you would have said something. And I just, I was upset, you know, because I was like. Yeah, what are you going to say? I don't know. You know, she had been here longer than me. Like, I don't want to go ruin somebody's job, you know. And so it's been interesting because throughout life, there's been that instance, and there's actually been two more instances when I was a kid, and then again when I worked for my most recent doctor. And it's like, I don't know why people choose me to... Show their racism because I'm not white, obviously. Like, I'm very mixed. There's some, a little bit of everything. My last name's McCullough, but it's like, why are you choosing? I'm not blonde hair and blue eyed, so I don't understand why they're choosing me. So, like, it's <laughs> so
0: weird.
1: Um, and it, there's a similar situation. So, when I was a kid, I went to a private Catholic school up through the eighth grade and it was maybe like fifth or sixth grade we were playing basketball and at the time you know it's like you know we didn't see we all grew up with each other we had grown up with each other since pre k so we didn't see color so to speak you know it was just like we just all knew each other and of course it was predominantly white but it was like me one asian kid one other hispanic kid and one other black girl you know and that was it But it's like nobody... There wasn't any discrimination, you know? But we were playing a basketball game. We were losing horribly. And the referee was a black guy. Mm -hmm. And my friend, who... We weren't, like, best friends, but we were cool. We were down the court. She checks the ball to me, and she says, I hate that (laughs) N-word. And I, again, like... I hear the the ringing in the ears of like, yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, and in my head, you know, I think I like,
0: you
1: know, threw the ball. And this is my teammate, you know, this is my friend. And I'm like, what is happening? And that was a Friday night game. And I remember asking my dad on the way home, like, Dad, what is, like, why, you know, because also, too, you know, that's another thing of like our history in schools. Of course, we didn't. You know, we have like two pages of black history in most history books. And so it was like, you know, I asked him what that was all about. And he was like, where'd you hear that? You know, I said, oh, we're just, you know, learning about slavery or whatever. But that wasn't the case. Like, I knew it wasn't a good word. But, um, yeah, so the on Monday, she pulls me to the side at recess and she's just bawling. She's like,
0: so sorry please don't say anything, blah, blah, blah. And
1: it's like all these times throughout life, it's like, I wonder what if I had I said something, you know? Because it's like her family was the perfect knit family. Like it was her, her other brother went to school, her younger sister went to school, the mom, you know, was the soccer mom, the dad was one of the basketball coaches. They were all involved in the church constantly. So it was like, yeah, what if I had said something? Would they have believed me? Would I have been the one? hated on, and I didn't tell my parents this till like, 2020 when all this was going on, you know, with With, how 2020 transpired.
0: Wow. Do you think that, first of all, that's... That takes a a soft spirit to be able to still go back out and, and and not say something, but it also it's, I guess, some discernment perhaps on when um, and perhaps you know I think it, sometimes we try to protect ourselves because if that's already what's being said before I say anything what is going to be said if I say something and if okay. and you're a child you know I, that would be hard I yeah. can imagine um, you know for me you know clearly I'm white uh, my daughter she's a little uh, darker she is not mixed um, when she was younger she had um, i had a couple times people asking and i was like does it matter if she is her? very dark complected he has very dark hair she has dark hair and i remember that and i i people are shocked when they don't she's not hispanic she's not black she's not you know nothing and it's like it doesn't matter if she is do you think um from what you've seen and how you've been treated that it's given you. Cause to me, you have such a servitude heart. Like I feel like if I was to come to you, I would come to California or not California, Colorado. I feel like I would just be like, yeah, I can't wait to go see her. Oh, I don't want to bother my friend, but I really want to go see her. Cause I know that you're serviced of your heart. Like I had no trouble going up and talking to you. I'd never met you. And I was just like, Oh, like I, to be around you feels like a big hug, even if you're not being hugged by you. So do you think it gave you like that uh, that serving, serving heart to not, to like prove something different? Or like, how did it affect you in business and, and where you're going now and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I think um, I'll share my one last instance yeah. of kind of dealing with this. But yeah, I mean, my goal, like I said earlier, is to, you know, empower women and especially women of color. Um, you know, I think being able to be in charge of my own business. You know, it's an all-inclusive business, and I don't care if you're a man who's gay or transgender or a black woman or an Asian woman or whatever. Like, I don't care, you know, and I don't care either. if you come from a different religion that you are required to wear something, of, you know, of that religious aspect. Like that, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't care if you have tattoos. I have tattoos. Like, it's like, I'm just tired of the stigma that we've had to put on, Throughout these last years, and really, you know, what's I feel like we're in a transitional phase of like, you know, my parents are baby boomers. They grew up in a time when uh, women were allowed to start wearing pants, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. like all of these different transitions throughout their life. I was talking to my dad about this last night, and it's just like, I feel like our generation, technically, I'm a millennial, and I don't like to associate with millennials because we get a bad rep of, like, you (laughs) know, being... Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, I want to break that cycle of, like, come as you are. Like, yes, we still need to have some professionalism and I don't want, you know, your tits hanging out. But, like, (laughs) come as you are. Like, so anyways, um, my last instance... So, I worked for a doctor for about eight years running his Muddy spa. Yeah. And I had similar situations. Like, you know, I would talk to clients on the phone, and, you know, you hear my voice. It's not like, hey, girl. Like, look, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's my voice. And you see my name, Andrea McCullough. So, I feel like, I've gotten opportunities because of my name, and then perhaps when they've seen me in person, it's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, let's interview her. But anyway, so I got, you know, a phenomenal job with this doctor, and uh, throughout a lot of that time, you know, w- this was a very prestigious place to work, and, you know, a lot of it, this was in Colorado Springs, and then we had another office in Lone Tree, and, which is another kind of the, you know 900,000 million dollar homes and so a lot of our clientele was again predominantly white and um a lot of times I was always faced with like oh you're Andrea and I'm like yeah the Andrea that I was on the phone with and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> just me i only Andrea you know and it's like the demeanor changes of like you know getting ready to laser them so how long have you been doing this for and you know somebody asked me like well do you think it was because you were young maybe i don't know but you know it, it's even i worked with a guy who was one of the ultrasound techs there he's a black guy and same thing it was either like
0: yeah
1: it was either like white women loved him or the complete opposite like when he would go get people from the waiting room it would either like women perked up like ooh. he's gonna do my procedure or it was the complete opposite of like oh can I get somebody else you know so it's like him and I shared that yeah you know that experience and, and it sucked and another thing you know as unfortunately as 2020 transpired um those that I worked around became very vocal of their views and whatnot and it just, for me, you know, when all the George Floyd stuff happened, and that, and that's where the... I'm gonna try to not cry. <laughs> but that's where the emotion comes in. Because... It's like, just hearing what they had to say about why people were upset, it sucked, you know, because it was like, I have family that looks like that. Yeah. You know, like, my dad, that could have been my dad. You know, I had a cousin who died in prison in 2019. Yeah. And he's a black guy and it's
0: like, he,
1: you know, was locked up for stupid shit, you know, just Yeah. Yeah, like money laundering and nothing like no drug charges no uh, murder or anything like that but it's like mm-hmm. this is the cycle that we are put in mm-hmm. you know and it, it, it's hard to establish ourselves and that's why you know people are forced to resort to other things unfortunately and uh just hearing what some of my coworkers and the doctor I worked for had to say it was just like these are my people and I can't I can't work for you anymore you know after eight years it sucked you know it was like and not everybody I mean I loved everybody that I worked with for the most part but it was just like you really saw people's true colors that year, and even family, like there's family that I've written off (laughs) because of some of their political views, and at the time, you know, I look back, and it's like, was it worth it? But it's like, this, these things are not right, like man getting kneeled on for nine minutes is not right, and I don't care what color they are, and I remember, you know, seeing somebody post something like either he would have survived or we and or we both would have been dead. And it's just like for me seeing something like that, like if I would have seen that, I mean I like to think that I would have tried to help him, you know? And that's just where I get emotional. I'm a cancer, so I get very emotional. But that's where I get that hits my heart, you know, and it's, Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: just is sad, it's like sad that we approve of that kind of, those kind of acts in our, in our world. So I, um, I ended up, you know, putting in my notice, and honestly, if I could go back, I would have just walked out, (laughs) because That would have saved me a lot of heartache, and I mean, I'm always one to, like, don't burn bridges, put in a notice, but, like, I knew that that was, I was done, you know, there would have never been another opportunity for me to go back. I remember even asking, the office manager had asked me, like, a week before I was leaving, she was like, so what if you fail? Because they knew I was going all the way. Um... And, of course, at that point, it was kind of considered, like, competition or whatever. And she was like, so what if you fail? Uh, I just kind of looked at her, <laughs> and I was like, well, if I fail, then I'll apply for some other jobs. Like, I'm not afraid of hard work, you know? When I got in trouble when I was 16, I wanted to take my time looking for a cool job, but my parents were like, you're going to work forever, is hiring and McDonald's happened to be hiring I worked at McDonald's for I think a year yeah. smelling like French fries <laughs> uh, you know, I know. and um, mm-hmm. yeah so it's just interesting how life takes you but I actually met one of like my best friends who's like a brother to me at McDonald's mm-hmm. so it's just so crazy because we always talk about that he was like if you hadn't gotten in trouble we would have never met and I was like that's wild so anyways you know it's like I'm not afraid of hard work and I think that's where you have to think about it like yeah so what if I fail I don't know I'll have to move back home with my parents at 30
0: fuck it like (laughs) I'm not dead no exactly 100% I think um you know hearing you talk about all that I I don't have the same experience but I have the experience of it being completely different going back into 2020, and um, not all, by no means not all, uh, but some people that had been with me for years. I've been in the beauty industry, you know, almost two decades. And I was just like, oh, like, because it was very different. It was very open. Um, there was a lot of things that were. Different and again, I have a great—I mean, I really do have a great clientele. Um, and it would be isolated things or isolated things. Um, usually, people that were uh, brand new to me or something like that. And I would just be like, "Oh my goodness!" Um, I my brother—he uh, is uh, Puerto Rican, and my my mom my mom's white. His dad is Puerto Rican. So um, things that would have been said. Uh, or maybe not said, <laughs> um, just really said, you know. Um, so I don't have the same experience, but I feel for you on that aspect because it, it was very different. It was a very different culture uh, shift in what was allowable and what was okay. Um, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, what are you doing now? Because I know you're expanding. Can you elaborate on it? Because I'm, I'm really excited for you. I know that you're doing a lot of things and I know you're coaching and so tell us about that because I think all of those things shaped you into like the person that's able to really coach people, help people, serve people yeah. in a different way, so. Yeah, so
1: um, I do some volunteer work here in Denver at the. Uh, organization called the Women's Bean Project. And it is a company that manufactures gourmet foods. And so they started out with like bean soup. And um, now they have like all kinds of different foods and whatnot. But the packaging and whatnot is done by women who have been chronically unemployed. And most of the women that I've You know, uh, so I go in when I say volunteer, I've gone in and done little mini facial days for those women that are going through the program because as we know, it's so important to give yourself some self care and just relax. And, you know, they want those women to feel appreciated and look forward to something, you know? And so a lot of these women may be coming out of prison. They may be coming out of rehab. they all have just so many different stories and backgrounds and it's just always such a pleasure working with them. So I want to continue working with them and I would love to find a way to maybe perhaps start mentoring them a little bit just now with like my experience with PRB and whatnot. Um, Because I actually, and how this kind of sprouted was one of the gals had had her lash certifications. And so, you know, at some point in time with my company with Andrea Monique Aesthetics, I would love to help those women um, you know, continue to build and grow in the if they have any interest in the aesthetics industry. So that's kind of my goal um right now i am expanding so it's been myself as was the solo artist since september of 2020 when i left my previous job and it's been a blessing like i gotta say like as shitty as 2020 was for all of us um it was kind of a a blessing in disguise for myself as far as just taking that leap to say like okay what's the worst that could happen? Like, I feel like the worst has already happened. So yeah, let's do this, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, my, I, I'm not quite sure, I love the industry that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I am forever grateful of having the opportunity to be a coach with PRB because helping other women, you know, transform their businesses or jumpstart their business, whatever the case may be, has been so phenomenal and it hits different that's what I always tell people like you know tattooing brows on somebody is amazing like it is such a lovely work and I love it and I also love helping women start their businesses and so I don't know what the future holds for me as far as if I'm gonna stay in this industry or something different's going to change but all I know is that I'm here on this earth to help women mm-hmm. and all women of that you know life backgrounds uh, different life circumstances but I think working with the women and women's game project you know again like I said some of them uh, tend to be minority women and it's like I want to break that cycle because we are constantly put in this cycle and I know for me as a minority woman, I'm kind of like a, I don't want to say like a unicorn, but it's like, I know that I was not dealt with the same circumstances of most, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to have had two parents in a household. You know, my parents, they they both built houses throughout the years, they worked hard, they busted their ass, and I'm, I'm happy that they were able to raise me and my sister to be the women who we are today. And even my sister, you know, she's very heavily involved in the mental health industry. And so I think her and I are just, I love us.
0: (laughs) I love you guys too. I love that. This is, this is amazing. This is why I, I think it's so easy to talk to you because you just, you have that you have that something where people want to be around because you see it as more than just a small picture and I agree with you talking to the women that we talk to helping um, and you know I was telling somebody today it's not like I'm their parent Um, it's different than parenting but you're still seeing somebody grow and it's like bird here you go like you know and you were (laughs) a part of that and I think to hear you talk about the bean project as well it's like you're a part of something bigger and um if if 2020 taught me nothing it was that i wanted to be a part of something bigger not just my little you know room not my just my little city i wanted to be a part of something bigger because if you have influence use it wisely you know use it to the way that's gonna better everybody um and I think that's what I hear from you and I could be wrong, but I feel like that's just you're taking your experiences and you're expanding on those in a way that's going to benefit more than just yourself, babe. So, yeah, I just appreciate you coming on here and talking to me. Any like final advice to anybody, um, you know, anything that you can share, please go right ahead and, um, and let us know.
1: I think uh, my biggest advice would just be to do whatever it is that you want to do. Just live your life and don't worry about the what ifs. Um, We got one life to live on this earth and make the most of it and don't be afraid of failure. You know, I think Sheila of pretty much bosses always says it well, like do it scared and did you die though? And it's true because. If it's not killing you. What's the worst that could happen? You know, and that's what I thought of. Is like when I go out on my own, what's the worst that could happen? I have to get a job and work for somebody else. I have to move home. What's
0: the worst that could happen? Exactly. I love that. I love that, and I agree with you. Thank you so much for sharing that, dear, and congratulate you. everything you're doing. Um, thank you for, thank you. and just so much love to you babe. All right.